Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Monday, February 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. If you can believe it, this is the last full week of the regular season of college basketball. March 1st is next week, and conference tournaments begin on February 28th. We're almost to the best time of the year. And speaking of that, if there's anything you want to hear more of on the show, just tweet it at me. Send me a message. If there's anything going into March Madness, anything you want me to talk about with the tournament, whatever it might be, Send me a tweet, send me a message, send me a DM, whatever it is, let me know and I'll be happy to talk about it here in the next few weeks. Buckle up because we have a ton to get to on today's show. The very busy weekend of Area Hoops started strong on Friday night with Northern Kentucky's 63-50 win over Purdue-Fort Wayne. This was a battle of two teams that were picked at the top of the horizon in the preseason poll, and Marquez Warwick powered the Norse to a win. He finished with 22 points, the only NKU player to score in double figures. Chris Brandon pulled down 13 rebounds and a 13-2 second-half run put the Norse in front for good. Wright State took a 17-point loss to Cleveland State on Friday night despite 25 points from Trey Calvin. The Vikings were just too much for the Raiders to handle in the second half. Dayton's first meeting with Loyola Chicago got dicey in the waning moments at UD Arena, but Friday's game in Chicago was much easier for the Flyers. Dayton held the Ramblers to just 49 points on the night, unlike the 81 that Loyola scored in the first meeting. Dayton was quieter, too, only scoring 65, but that was plenty for a 16-point win. Deron Holmes had a double-double with 20 points and 10 boards, and Tumani Kamara had 17 points of his own. Watching these Dayton games this year, I keep going back to what I feel like I've said a lot, but now that March is right around the corner at Bears repeating, I truly have no idea what this Dayton team will do in March. They've played down to their competition and taken some bad losses, but they've also looked dominant at other times like a 12 seed that no 5 seed high major team would want to face. The Atlantic 10 is having a historically bad season, so that doesn't help, but I still think Dayton is more than capable of winning the A-10 tournament and maybe, just maybe, winning a game in the NCAA tournament. There's also a fairly decent chance that they lay an egg and bow out in the first round of the conference tournament. That's the beauty of March. It's also similar to the next team I need to talk about, and that's Kentucky. The Wildcats got Saturday started with a dominant 66-54 win over Tennessee. This was Kentucky's fourth quad one win of the season, with two of them coming over the Volunteers. Cason Wallace and Chris Livingston both had really good games for Kentucky, Livingston had his first collegiate double-double with 12 points and 10 rebounds, and Wallace had 16 points. Kentucky needed Wallace to step up given that Severe Wheeler and C.J. Frederick were still out of the lineup with their injuries. It's the first time Kentucky has swept Tennessee in the regular season since 2011-2012. You might remember they won the NCAA tournament that year. This was a huge step for Kentucky in solidifying their NCAA tournament prospects for this year. I'd still say they're shaky, but for now, they should at least be on the right side of the bubble. And the good thing for Wildcat fans is that three of their four remaining games are against Quad 1 teams, with two of those coming on the road against Florida and Arkansas. It's all about playing your best in March, and maybe UK is headed in that direction. Tennessee, on the other hand, has now lost three of their last four games and four of their last six. After that incredible start to the year, the lack of offensive production is starting to catch up with the Volunteers. 
Later in the afternoon on Saturday, Xavier avenged their earlier loss to DePaul with a rout of the Blue Demons at the Cintas Center. The final score was 82-68, to but Xavier led by as many as 28 points with 5.08 to go in the game before Sean Miller emptied the bench. After putting together maybe their best defensive performance of the season against Marquette earlier in the week, Xavier again had a very good defensive effort on Saturday against DePaul. Just in the last week, Xavier's Ken Palm defensive ranking has jumped up 16 spots to 84th, which is definitely a step in the right direction. All five starters for Xavier scored in double figures, which isn't really a shock given the Musketeers are still without both Zach Fremantle and Desmond Claude. Jack Nunji led the way with 18 to go along with 10 boards. Prior to the game, CBS aired a show that announced the top 16 overall seeds according to the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee if the tournament was to have started on Saturday. They placed the top four seeds in each region, and Xavier was the last four seed announced, meaning they were the 16th overall seed. Marquette was the only other Big East team to hear their name called, checking in as a four seed and the 14th overall seed. This doesn't really mean a ton, given the two weeks left of the Big East season, but it does at least give everyone a decent idea of where things stand at the top. And given where Xavier was a year ago, to see their name on the screen as a protected seed is a major moment. They have all the opportunity in front of them to keep going up the seed list, with four regular season games left, including that road game next week at Providence. Miami won a thriller, 66-65 in overtime at Northern Illinois. Miami trailed by 20, yes, 20 points with just 9 minutes and 22 seconds to go in the game and rallied all the way back to force the extra 5 minutes and eventually get the win. Anderson Marambo led the way for Miami with 18 points, including the game-tying 3 with about 5 seconds to go that sent the game to overtime. That leaves Miami at 9-18 and on the season and 3-11 and in the MAC. Their final two home games are this week, one on Tuesday and the other on Saturday. How about this? Louisville picked up their second ACC win of the season on Saturday, and it came against Clemson, who was right near the top of the ACC standings. The Cardinals won by 10, 83-73, and won their fourth game overall on the season. L. Ellis had 28 for Louisville, and J.J. Trainer had 16 points and 9 rebounds. This was a dagger loss for Clemson, who has now lost four of their last five games, including one to Boston College on top of this Louisville loss. After starting 18-4 and 10-1 and and in the ACC, it looks like the Tigers are going to miss the NCAA tournament entirely unless they turn things around in a hurry. On Sunday, David DeJulius was the hero for Cincinnati against UCF. With the game tied at 71, DeJulius hit a floater from the free throw line just before the buzzer to win the game for the Bearcats. This was Cincinnati's first quad one win of the season and their second overall under Wes Miller, with the first coming last year against Illinois. Still without Victor Lockin, Odio Guama and Kalua Zikpe posted huge days for the Bearcats. Oguama had 15 points and Azikpe added 12. Oguama really asserted himself at the rim. Cincinnati got their early turnover issues under control and went into the half up three. It stayed close throughout the second half, and that set up DeJulius for his game winner. He's been such a steady presence for UC throughout the season, and he gave them maybe their biggest win so far. Cincinnati currently sits tied for fourth in the AAC with Temple, but the Owls hold a tiebreaker with the head-to-head win from early January. However, those two teams meet again on Wednesday, with UC having the chance at Fifth Third Arena to earn a split. 
Wright State lost a close one to Purdue Fort Wayne 77-75 yesterday. The Raiders are now 9-9 in the horizon, tied for sixth with Detroit Mercy and Robert Morris. Northern Kentucky lost by one on Sunday, 64-63 to Cleveland State. Marquez Warwick had another great game, scoring 26. Chris Brandon picked up some early fouls, limiting how much time he saw on the floor, and with that, allowing the Vikings to work the ball inside more consistently. NKU had some high-quality looks in transition that just didn't fall, but still had a chance to win the game. With the loss, NKU now sits tied for third with Milwaukee at 13-7. The Vikings are 13-5, and and Youngstown State is two games better at 14-4. This upcoming weekend is the last weekend of Horizon League play, so it'll be an important one as the teams jockey for position ahead of the Horizon League tournament. National Nuggets now. On Saturday, Virginia squeaked out a two-point win over Notre Dame. Indiana rallied in the second half to beat Illinois at Assembly Hall in a wildly entertaining game to watch. Texas needed overtime to beat Oklahoma by two. Kansas State rallied from down eight at the half to beat Iowa State by six. And then get this, Baylor was beating Kansas 45-32 to at halftime. The Jayhawks proceeded to outscore the Bears 55-26 to in the second half and cruised to a 16-point win at Allen Fieldhouse. Incredible performance from Kansas. Alabama scored 54 points in each half to beat Georgia 108-59. Providence beat Villanova by 13, and UConn beat Seton Hall by 9. Then Sunday, Purdue beat Ohio State by 27. That's the Buckeyes' eighth loss in a row and 13th in their last 14 games. They're 11-16 on the year and just 3-13 in Big Ten play. Houston beat Memphis by 8, and NC State beat North Carolina 77-69, which means there is now a very good chance that for the first time ever, the preseason AP number 1 team will miss the NCAA tournament. The Tar Heels have work to do if they want to go dancing. It was another weekend where Paul's Pick of the Day, presented by Betfred Sportsbook, went 2-1. That's four of the last five weekends where the pick of the day has gone at least 2-1, and one, with one of those weekends going undefeated at 3-0. and oh. Dayton covered minus 7 easily on Friday. Then Saturday, TCU ruined the perfect weekend, largely because Mike Miles returned from his injury. He hadn't played since January 28th, and the Horned Frogs looked like a different team in their route of Oklahoma State. Then yesterday, Northwestern stayed red hot, beating Iowa by 20 to cash the Wildcats' money line pick. It's Big Monday tonight, and I'm going to ride with TCU minus two against Kansas. Bill Self has never lost at home on Big Monday, but he's 22-16 and on the road. Mike Miles completely changes the dynamic of this TCU team, so I'll roll with them playing in Fort Worth. The only area game of the night is Louisville there down at Cameron Indoor Stadium to play Duke. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Monday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.